Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Bay Area, it's time for Bay Area Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Bay Area Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Leah Davis Coaching, inspiring women of color to claim their wealth legacy. Today on Bay Area Business Radio, we have Dorian Webb with Dorian Webb Lifestyle. Welcome, Dorian. Hi, Lee. So glad to be with you today. Well, I am excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Dorian Webb Lifestyle. How are you serving folks? So I um, create intentional jewelry and home decor. Um, Intentional meaning pieces that um, have meaning that speak to the idea of celebrating women, um, the power of um, being in the moment, and also uh, my African-American heritage. Now, what's your backstory? How'd you get into this line of work? So I started my company when I was a junior at Yale University. And after spending a semester in, in, in Italy, which I absolutely loved, uh, with a limited um, skill set, I decided that, that there's some way that I could find um, a reason to be able to go back to Italy six times a year. And so I kind of constructed a jewelry business around that. And then over time, that um, morphed from not only using Venetian glass, but then incorporating uh, sterling silver and semi-precious stones, um, and to my latest collection, which is now 18-karat gold and uh, and diamonds. Now, when you're getting involved in that kind of work that's in and around lifestyle, that it's a kind of a nice-to-have product rather than a must-have product, how did you decide to kind of position yourself in the marketplace? Well, I mean, I think um, for me, the 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 thing I think that differentiated me early on was my use of color, which is very kind of celebratory. And um, I think also in some ways kind of speaks to African-American culture and that love of just really um, strong colors, um, interesting color combinations and polyrhythms within the designs. And I think that people just really, um, you know, just really kind of responded, responded to that. Um, Now, what about in terms of pricing? How did you decide on what price point you'd be selling at? Well, I think a a lot of that was determined by the materials that I was was using um, or am am using. And because I am, I mean, for me, it was a conscious decision to enter the kind of the luxury market because um, I think there's something meaningful about having uh, items in your life that surround you that are of quality and that sustainability is not only about um, kind of recycled meta- um, metals, which I which I use, but but it's also just about purchasing things that you love that can grow with you over time and that um, kind of almost, you know, develop or with you so that there's always something that you can kind of gain from from using those those items. So for me, that was that was kind of the the driving influence, and just knowing wanting to create things that people would would love. Um, and sometimes that comes with a with a you know a sort of an elevated price point. The reason I'm asking is that a lot of folks um, they don't choose that route. They they choose a lower price or um, 
in order to reach more and more people. Mm-hmm. And I just, is there any lessons for folks out there? Because I am on your side. I think that it's okay to be uh, a high priced service or product. I believe that that is in a lot of ways easier because you can find your clients a lot easier and you're signaling certain types of um, value uh, that when you're lower priced, it's more difficult to stand out. Um, can you just share a little bit about your thought process? Was that a, a hard decision for you? Was that just something that um, was just part of uh, your confidence and your character? So then that wasn't that big of a decision to go that route? Yeah, I think that um, there was a little bit of, um, there was a little bit of trepidation. Um, but I mean, I think in some ways, that happened organically in other ways it was a very um um it was a very calculated decision um and i say that it was organic in that when i did my uh, my first trade show neiman marcus um picked up the line for their stores so already there was kind of um you know sort of validation that um that what I was doing had an audience and that had a very kind of specific audience um, but I also just think that, you know, a lot of times when people um, start out um, beginning a business, especially if they haven't had any experience um, in, in running a business at all, um, similar to my background, the inclination is to kind of draw people in with a lower price point. And it's just so hard for people to, um, and I've done um, actually a significant amount of business consulting And one of the things I always kind of underline in that is that it's just so hard to compete on price because those customers that you get um, on, you know, being the cheapest are those are the same customers who will leave you if um, they find something else that's that's slightly cheaper. So what you're doing has to be about more than just a price point. You really have to give value. And I think that that also in um, kind of carving out your your niche in the market, you know, price has to be a has to be a part of that, and it also has to be a part of the story that you're that you're telling. And I think again, you know, here is where perhaps the my African American um, heritage kind of comes into play. But there is um, a lot of times an assumption that the things that I would be creating. Um, with my racial background would be kind of lower end. So it's, you know, in some ways it's also just very, um, it's, um, I think just, just, you know, kind of taking a stand on what I'm about and what my culture is about and ways that are not always typically seen or acknowledged. Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with this uh, in terms of having the confidence to um, charge what uh, they would like to charge. And I think that a lot of people's default position is to they're always their first move is to go cheaper. And um, I think that that's a mistake in uh, when you're selling anything, whether it's a product or a service. And when I'm working with people and coaching them about this, I like to tell them that at least the starting point is a rate that you can look at yourself in the mirror and not laugh. You know, you have to have the confidence (laughs) to say that number without blinking. And it's just matter of fact. 
And a lot of people I find just instinctively don't go higher. They go lower and it kind of drives me crazy. So I celebrate you and you have the, the confidence to um, go after the price that you want to go after. I mean, a lot of this stuff is um, subjective. So why be subjectively cheaper when you could be subjectively, you know, have more, deliver more value. So, um, I say, you know, kudos for you for going there. Yeah. And as I said, it's also, you know, the part of what I enjoy is the personal connection with my, with my customers. So a lot of times that involves custom pieces that involves searching out particular stones that involves, um, you know, again, the use of 18 karat gold or, you know, kind of finer materials and that sort of thing. So that's also kind of part of the, um, you know, part of the advantage of, of selling a luxury product is being able to um, also provide a luxury service that, that goes along with that experience. So now um, at, at the beginning, I guess your work was inspired by your love of Italy and wanting to go back there several times a year. Um, has what inspired you kind of evolved over the years? It has. It has. I think now I'm very much, um, and I think this is um, in in many ways sort of a large part of what we've, a result of what we've all kind of been been going through the last year year and a half. And um, so my work has become even more, even more intentional in terms of wanting to take a stand on certain you know, social justice issues, um, inspiring women to vote, um, creating pieces around you know, Black Lives Matter, um, creating pieces around the idea of hope. Um, and then the latest collection that I did, um, Quality to Equality, is still about that idea of using quality uh, materials and the idea of having that access to resources um, are part of um, kind of leveling that, that playing field. Um, now in your work, uh, jewelry is obviously an important component, but there's also um, the art and sculptures and paintings. Can you talk about how that, are those kind of hand in hand or is that kind of a different part of your brain that's working on those kind of larger uh, pieces? Those also tie into just the idea of, um, again, wanting to have things around you that are meaningful. And I, the paintings and the sculpture were part of a larger project that I called the, the, the marriage project. And that was um, featured in a, a local gallery. I had a solo exhibition. And, and those pieces, again, are kind of color-driven they use a lot of the elements of the of the jewelry um, in terms of incorporating semi-precious stones. Um, and then the, the paintings are all kind of larger scale pieces that um, uh, that just talk about the experience uh, and the various stages of, of marriage and what it's like for women kind of moving through that that space. Now, uh, in a I guess a part of your work is to uh, inspire and mentor others at has, were you doing that, you know, since day one, or is that something that's just uh, kind of started happening lately? That's something that, um, you know, I, I started my business of 
fair amount of time ago. And um, I guess it was during, after the recession, um, I closed my, closed my business for a bit and uh, moved to, from, from New York to the West Coast. And at that time, I, I helped my employees kind of start their own businesses um, before leaving. And then when I moved to the Oakland area, I started teaching low-income women how to start their own businesses and then moved on to other types of business consulting. So that definitely has been um, kind of a part of what I've been interested in doing for, for quite some time, because I just think that there's no reason for, for anyone to kind of reinvent the wheel. And if there are those resources out there that you can access, and then, then you should. And people who have those resources, whatever those may be, I think have a, a responsibility to share that, that information and those um, and that those opportunities with, with others. So now um, when you're talking to those women that are just starting out, um, what are you seeing? Are you seeing something, are they optimistic? Is this something that um, they were kind of born to do? They had an itch that needed to be scratched or are they kind of just frustrated by the job market? So this is kind of a, just something they feel that the, that they have more control of their destiny? Like what is kind of behind these women that are kind of going for it and kind of trying to carve their own path? Yeah, I think that um, it seems like lately um, that people have been leaning towards just, I think again, with after sort of going through all the things we've, we've all been going through um, recently that, that there's a, there's almost a recognition that, nothing is guaranteed that life is short and that you really, if you have a talent or if there's something that you really wanted to explore, that, that this is the time that, that there's no better time than, than the present to kind of get started on those, on those things. And, um, and I think that there's also too a greater realization of the resources that are out there. And there is um, a little bit more support for businesses and women owned businesses, minority owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses. So there's, there's, I think it's a little bit, um, I don't, I mean, it's, it's never easy, but it's, I think it's a little bit easier um, in this time to really kind of be able to go, to go out there and to start a business. And also with the recognition too, that, you know, in a lot of places that, um, that rents are now lower, they're more accessible and, um, and people can start something that is, um, that basically enables them to work um, a little bit more ways that are more streamlined with outsourcing um, uh, help as well. So there's, there's just all these support systems that are available now that I think that people are, are accessing, which is wonderful. So now for you, do you um, get the same rush of, you know, creating and selling a piece as if one of the people you're mentoring, you know, has a victory? I do. I do. I do. I mean, I think it's always that, that, that measure of excitement when you go take something from an idea to, um, to a reality, and then also realize that, that, that something that you've made is going to bring people joy, that there's something in that, that's just, that's just pure magic each and every time it happens. Yeah. I'm of the mindset that the entrepreneur is an artist because they are creating something from nothing. Exactly. Exactly. 
Now, uh, what's next for you? What does uh, the end of this year and next year look like? So uh, I'm excited to launch my my new my new collection with a, a major online re- retailer, Moda Operanda. And um, we're also going to be doing a kind of an introduction to the new collection on the um, uh, here on the West Coast. Um, we had just a launch last last week in New York, so very excited about that. And I'm also going to be um, uh, putting into or giving life to a collection that I've been thinking about for quite some time. That is that is based on uh, Harriet Tubman. And um, so really excited about that collection as well. And um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of different projects that are kind of building on 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 the the the, uh, the platforms that we've kind of laid laid thus far. Now, how has kind of uh, the digital world impact your art? You mentioned this online partnership. Um, you know, probably when you started, that wasn't a channel choice for you. Um, do you think that that's kind of expanded the reach of your work now that people all over the world can see or have the opportunity to see your work? Yeah, I think it it definitely has. I mean, honestly, there for me, there's been a little bit of a of a learning curve because it seemed like this um, things changed mightily when I was um, uh, taking some time out and 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 teaching and mentoring um, women, and so. I, you know, it's it, for me. It's exciting to use these new um, this new uh, technology to be able to access customers, to be able to kind of control the message, to not be um, as reliant on um, on individual retailers, but instead be able to communicate directly with with the customer. So that has been really kind of you know game changing uh, for my business. And any advice for others that are in this kind of business of how to build that database and how to build those direct lines to customers that that way you do have access to them when you want to have access to them rather than rely on other channels like, uh, you know, Facebook or even, you know, the, the retail stores. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, that the mailing lists and your database is that's, that's the key to your future. Um, we all uh, felt a little, a little bit of a jolt. Um, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago when some uh, social uh, media platforms went went down for five hours, and for some people, that you know that meant that they had no um, more access to their their customers. So it's always so important to be able to um, whatever platform you're on, however you're reaching your customers to make sure that you are um, transitioning them into your database and that you are um, nurturing them and giving them information that they need on a regular basis so that you are the primary contact um, with, with those, with those, uh, with those customers. Cause otherwise, you know, it's like, if you don't have access to your, to your customers, then you are forever beholden to someone else. Yeah, amen to that. Now, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and learn more about what you're up to, what is the uh, website or the best way to get to follow you? Yeah, so um, I am at, um, my website is dorianweb.com, and that's web with two Bs. And I'm also on Instagram, which is at dorian.web. And um, 
I also would love to extend to your um, to your listening audience a 20% discount on, on my pieces from the Quality to Equality collection. And that's with uh, code uh, BIZRADIO, B-I-Z radio. Well, that's a very generous offer, and thank you for doing that. Sure, sure, sure. My pleasure. And thank you for sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on, Lee. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Bay Area Business Radio. 